What an offseason this has been so far. I am so fired up to be a Bucks fan. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com, one of the Joes here at the website. This is the Monday Morning Joe podcast presented by our great friends and true partners and phenomenal companies, Discount Garage Doors. DGDoors.com is their website. And Bill Curry Ford, just north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway, home of the nationwide Lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. Get to BillCurryFord.com. I've learned a lot since Bruce Arians took over because I've spent a lot of time diving into all things Arians, right? That's what we need to know here at Joe Bucks Fan to really explain to you what's going on with the head coach, how he's adapting, how things are changing, what his patterns are, what to look for. So I've been putting a lot of time in just studying Arians, watching endless interviews, news conferences from his time in Arizona, reading articles, talking to people, asking questions, all kinds of stuff to absorb. And Arians uh, is not media shy whatsoever. And there's a lot to take in, a lot to learn, which is great. I can't wait to dive into his book when uh, things settle down a little bit. But probably my biggest takeaway from Arians, just as uh, an amateur Bucks historian, and but it's really not history related as it applies right now. Jason Light came to the Bucks from Arizona. He was the VP of player personnel, essentially the number two man to Steve Keim, the Cardinals' longtime general manager, who has won uh, GM of the year at least once, and he was working with Arians for two years there, Jason Light. And I realized as I dug deeper and deeper into Arians, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks how difficult it must have been for Jason Light to come to the Buccaneers right from Arizona. They hired him. He was still, he was scouting. Uh, I think they hired him. He was scouting at the senior bowl and he got the call after having interviewed here. He was still working for the Cardinals to come in here and deal with Lovey Smith, who I've basically learned is the exact opposite of Bruce Arians in philosophy and, and in so many, many things. So here Light had to come in, be the general manager hired by a head coach, essentially, and somehow adapt and cater to all these philosophies and work with Lovey when the two were never on the same page. Honestly, I don't know how Jason Light was hired. How did Lovey Smith, and I don't think Lovey was the savviest guy. He may be very savvy in a lot of ways. He's been very successful, put a lot of money in his pocket. But, I mean, I don't think he had the savvy to say, let me hire Jason He's the exact opposite of me, and I'm going to learn from his different style, and we're going to get some different perspective in here. No, 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 no. I, I think Lovey just kind of liked him and felt uh, he wouldn't be a big threat, and he hired him. But it must have been brutally difficult for Jason Light to come in here because so many differences between Lovey and Arians. And the more I learn about Arians, I'm not looking at that and saying, man, I, I prefer the Lovey Smith way coach my scheme as we used to call him at joe bucks fan so it's given me some different perspective on the jason light regime in the first two years anyway yeah yes he made some decisions yes some of the decisions made overall as a group he liked and was with them but philosophically and otherwise that was not his team in any shred whatsoever uh do i know jason light have i spent time with jason light yes absolutely uh, did I run something by him when this sort of was hitting me? Absolutely, I did. 
you know, those kind of off the record conversations we can't share, but uh, wow, just, uh, just something to file away as we evaluate Jason. It doesn't put him off the hook for his screw ups over the last few years, but it gives me a personal different uh, mindset toward the 2014 and 15 seasons as it relates to the general manager. All right. Enough of that. I'm not kissing Jason's ass. It just it was it's been so profound learning about Arians. Uh had to throw that out there. Now Light did mention that on the the new series on Buccaneers.com, the current it was like the hard knocks remake, and they just did one for the hiring of Arians and talked about how Arians came in with a detailed plan, very detailed plan. Well, what is that plan? Right? That's what we gotta try to piece together. What is it? One of the things it is, is was stated really by Todd Bowles in a little interview that not a lot of people saw on Buccaneers.com with Casey Phillips. Todd Bowles, who's not a big talker, he's not a flashy guy, he's not uh, out there with the one-liners and everything, but he was very clear to Casey that he took the job because Arian said he could do whatever he wanted with the defense that's the quote he could do what he wanted so bowls and he said specifically four three three four so it's bowls call and that was part of the plan which is for arians to turn this whole thing over to todd bowls assess the personnel and it's bowls call now think about that if todd bowls gets to do whatever he wants with the defense then how powerful is todd bowls in the draft process right He's the guy calling all the shots on defense. So he's not going to have on the field any players he doesn't want to have. He's going to be evaluating these guys with the rest of his defensive staff and then decide what sort of system we're going to play and what sort of players I need to enhance this thing. And that's what every G, every defensive coordinator does every year. But when you're walking in with that much power and there is no system, and you basically, Todd Bowles, have to communicate to Arians and the GM, this is what I want, and this is what I need, and this is what we're doing. And they're going to say, sure. So Todd Bowles here has a very strong hand, I believe, in the draft and in in free agency. Very uh, uniquely strong. And that's something else to further dive into what he might want to be doing. And given how versatile he's been over his career, that's going to be very hard for fans to predict. We just aren't going to know much till Bruce Arian starts talking again. And um, the team is not going to assess all these players immediately. So Arians, he'll probably talk again at the Senior Bowl, but there won't be much new. I would expect Arians to sort of shed some light on what this defense is going to look like and what maybe give some insight to what might happen with some of these players at the Combine. Very late February, early March, when he'll sit down with the local media for a little bit and really um, dive into who he likes, who he doesn't like. You'll be able to tell, I think, from Arians uh, if he comes out there at the combine and starts saying, man, I really love Vinny Curry and getting to know this guy a little bit more and seeing what he did last year. You'll know who some of the pieces are. Arians isn't one to hide this stuff, but where the Bucks go, I don't know. But I know that part of this plan, it's obvious that Todd Bowles is going to wield a tremendous amount of power. And the more I listen to Arians... And he was on the Adam Schefter podcast this week. He was on radio in Arizona. The more it's obvious that he's extremely confident 
with this Buccaneers offense. And I think there's going to be an understanding that that first pick, that's my guess, eventually is going to go defense. Unless they come up with some sort of trade down scenario and break up the picks like last year. I, I just, I see that happening clear as day. And uh, we'll see. But it is January 16th and we don't know. Now, there's been a few things hanging out there. Uh, first, let me throw this out that the podcast is there for you to subscribe free on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. I appreciate all the listeners every time it pops, no matter when it is, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, at night, whatever. The audience is always there, and that's fantastic. It's very comforting. It makes my life a little bit easier. And uh, we're going to be doing some extra podcasts as we get more interviews done uh, later in the, uh, in the off season. So thanks a lot for listening in and uh, you can always uh, comment or feedback or whatever happy sad pissed whatever that's fine i could take it (laughs) it really doesn't matter to me deshaun jackson again this week on the adam Schefter podcast bruce arians was talking about deshaun jackson and he likes the talent and why wouldn't he right anybody looking from afar is gonna see that d jack has the speed he's got the juice, he can return punts, he's versatile. You don't hear people saying Deshaun Jackson runs bad routes. Now, I've heard that a couple of times from Michael Clayton, who you know, is on local radio here, but I, I'm not seeing it. I, I'm not really buying that, and I don't think that was the problem from the people we've talked to behind the scenes. So Arians is, is enamored uh, by the talent, and I get that, but... To me, it's just ludicrous, this whole Deshaun Jackson trying to recruit a guy who's already on the team sort of thing, but I get it, and I think there's a lot of factors at play. First, Deshaun Jackson has a lot to say. He's not a quiet guy, and if he talks to Bruce Arians, there will be a sales job in place by Deshaun Jackson, right? He wants to be on the Bucks. He wants that $10 million, and this 2019 season's a contract year. And Deshaun Jackson, unless he's changed his tune, he's said multiple times he'd like to try to play till he's 35 or so. And he's a businessman. He knows he's never going to make that much money that quote-unquote easily outside unless uh, he's got some very strong investments and, and some opportunities. You know, $10 million, $8 million, $5 million bucks is hard to come by in the real world. So Jackson wants to play. There's no doubt about that. We've learned that he took out the Bucks uh, receivers on a fishing trip. He's obviously trying to, uh, you know, to uh, to stay, uh, keep his options open, which is fine. Doesn't mean he doesn't like the guys. I'm not implying that, but who was there? I don't know. Now, you would think Arians would be smart, and he would want to hear what Jackson has to say about Jameis, right? That's his quarterback. That's a guy who might be a Hall of Fame receiver, a guy who's played with a lot of quarterbacks. That's valuable feedback from Deshaun Jackson. Hey, I'm Bruce Arians, Deshaun. What are you seeing from Jameis? What's his problem as you see it? What have been his negatives? What's the downside when you're running routes? What are you seeing? That's valuable info from Deshaun Jackson. Whether he's 100% straight or not, I don't know, but he might have some very interesting commentary that Arians would at least want to know. It doesn't cost any money to listen. And there's also an element here of how... Jackson wants to be used for the future of his career. 
Now, he has talked openly before this season about how he sees himself as a, a guy who would transition to the slot and play more in the slot as his career wound down. Now, I don't know if, where he sees himself in his career, but the conversation is worth Arians having. But if this guy's on the roster, we're not going to agree with it here at Joe Bucks fan. It's been too much bad blood. Do I think there's any trade market for Deshaun Jackson? No. I think most teams that would want him would know that would think that, hey, you know what? If he gets cut, we'll, we're all already in advance all over his agent saying, hey, look, we want a shot to sign him and he'll go into free agency that way. That's usually how it's done. You look at Arians has said he wants Adam Humphreys back, but what's the best option for the team in the slot? There's going to be a lot of uh, negotiating going on here, in, in my opinion. Now, yes, they want Humphreys back, but I don't know where Humphreys stands. He has said his, his dad wants him back with the Bucks. I know they're close, but... Humphreys also told everybody at uh, media at the end of the season, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, he wants to get paid, but there's other receivers out there, right? Golden Tate is going to be a free agent. And look at him. He's probably the best slot receiver in the league. And he certainly has a lot more history and experience than Humphreys. Now, I'm not lobbying for Golden Tate, but he'll he'll be out there on the market. John Brown is an interesting receiver who has a long history with Bruce Arians and seems like he can still stretch the field, although Baltimore this past year didn't really have the quarterback to uh, to do that with him. Ty- Tyrell Williams is out there the, from the Chargers. Uh, I know a lot, a lot of people haven't necessarily studied his game. I did have him on my fantasy team for most of the season or a chunk of the season, and I have watched him play. He's a deep threat. He's young, undrafted guys. Like he's got to be twenty-seven, and has been very successful. But is he better than Chris Godwin? No. Is he faster than Chris Godwin? I looked it up before the podcast. Same forty time, four four two. But he is considered more of a, a deep threat. They used him a little bit more in that role. There, are, there are names out there as receivers. There are others as well. I don't know what the Bucks or Arians is going to do. I don't know where the money's going to be prioritized. Uh, yeah, they want Humphreys. And yeah, I think they have some leverage on him because of all the other names out there that are available. Plus, if you lose Humphreys, and this ties back to the Deshaun Jackson thing, if you lose Humphreys in free agency, well, you know what? You potentially could play Godwin and Jackson as a mix in the slot and... Just go go it that way. I think Godwin can play in the slot. These guys have been cross-trained. He's not scared. Sean Jackson certainly has that ability and the short space uh, quickness to do that. That could be lethal. And you were going to pay Humphreys, probably have to pay him $7 million anyway. Don't believe any of this $10 million stuff, but probably 6 to $7 million is what's going to nail down Humphreys. If you pay D-Jack 10 for one season, that's well within your budget. And you get him in a contract year, and then you just sort of move him and Godwin. You mix and match. That could be a possibility, too. So I'm not in favor of Deshaun Jackson coming back. The team wants Humphreys. They should be able to get him, but it doesn't mean they will. And we don't really know exactly what Adam Humphreys wants. It's exciting. I love the offseason. 
Unfortunately, as Bucks fans, we get conditioned to like the offseason a little bit too much because sometimes or most of the time our season sucks. But it's all football and it's all good. Now, football is a priority, a priority at Bill Curry Ford, general manager Sean Sullivan. He's got you hooked up for the Super Bowl. If you want to be watching that Super Bowl in style, you're already shopping for a vehicle. He's got a 65-inch TV for you right now for the purchase of any vehicle at Bill Curry Ford. BillCurryFord.com. Their transparent pricing is right there on their website, BillCurryFord.com. Fully transparent. You can get instant help and uh, start shopping. The first family of Ford, that's Tampa's first family of Ford, 59 years now. Bill Curry Ford, a family-run business. They give so much back to the community. General Manager Sean Sullivan is a massive Bucks fan, huge, and he'll talk some Bucks with you. You've heard him on this podcast. Score that TV in addition to a nationwide lifetime warranty, not just powertrain, on new and pre-owned vehicles. So get the details, BillCurryFord.com. Uh, Sean's great. Check him out. Uh, you'll feel good about working with Bill Curry Ford. And at Discount Garage Doors, if you have any issue with your garage door, that's who you call 24-7. It's a local company, not one of these big national things that you see advertised. They cover 18 counties in Florida. And just uh, check them out online, dgdoors.com, or call 1-866-420-DOOR, 866-420-DOOR. You've got a same-day free service call. They'll just come out and check out your problem, no cost. They'll tell you what you need. If you need a new door, they'll show you a big selection of new doors or their trained technician will fix it on the spot. It's really the best service around. There are also coupons at the website, 10% off with your Joe Bucks fan code. Just mention Joe Bucks fan and their website's very informational. If you just want info and to understand things with your garage door and what's a value, what's dangerous, what's not, get to dgdoors.com. Discount Garage Doors. Uh, we thank them for their great support of Joe Bucks fan and the Monday Morning Joe podcast. You know, I was talking a bit about the slot receivers. Uh, free agency is really what March fourteenth, I think it is this year, which is just exciting. I love free agency, and you know, a little secret of the business: every football website would tell you. Doesn't matter if it's national or a team site, and of course, if your team is in the throws of a big Super Bowl run or if you're in Kansas City right now it's not going to be the case but everywhere else including the national football websites traffic is the highest in March that's what moves the needle free agency fans go bananas for free agency they can't get enough and it's not just the coverage it's just the excitement of what free agency means which is hope the excitement of uh, of new bodies even if it's related to, oh, we let this guy go. I couldn't stand him. Who else did we get? It's even tied to happiness of who's walking, right? It's just, it's drama, and people love that, and it's exciting to get new players. And usually free agents, of course, they don't suck unless they come to Tampa, but they usually have good pedigrees. They've been successful elsewhere for the most part, March free agents especially. So it's a lot of excitement, you know, talking about Golden Tate and you know, I mentioned uh, John Brown. You know, he's not a guy who's going to be expensive. Tate isn't going to command uh, $10 million, in my opinion. He might, but I doubt it. And there there are options out there. But Arians was clear on the Schefter podcast that he wants Adam Humphreys back. Now, Jason Light had said we were going to do everything we can to do it. 
but hearing Arians say it, it just uh, cements that a little bit more. Unfortunately, my voice dies a little bit on these podcasts. I don't have much more than 20 minutes without my voice falling apart, so uh, I'll struggle to go as long as I can. I'm sure most of you don't think I have a great voice anyway, so if it sounds a little different, I'll just uh, apologize in advance. But the free agency stuff, I love that. I love free agency more than the draft because I watch so much NFL football that I just feel I have a better handle on, on some of these guys versus uh, the crash course studying of brushing up on the draft, right? When you dive into the draft, the drill draft nicks, yeah, you watch during the season and stuff and you make some notes and you have your eyes on guys, but you start to study later. That's when you put in your work sort of after the football season. But with free agency, if you watch a lot of NFL games, you you know, you're sort of doing your work all uh, year long. It's sort of burned in your brain. Depends, it all depends how much NFL football you watch. But one guy to watch, really, and I don't know how, and this goes back to Todd Bowles and his power within this organization and the trust that's being placed in him, you know, Teren uh, Matthew, who, of course, the uh, honey badger who was made his name in Arizona, came back from injuries. He hasn't missed a game in a couple of years, I believe, and he's with uh, the Texans now. And he, Bruce Arians, has said that's one of the reasons he wanted to come back. Seeing uh, Matthew on the sidelines with Houston covering the game for CBS, he wanted to step on the field and coach him. And just they're very, very tight. Now Matthews is a free agent coming up. So how tight are they? How badly do they want him is a big, uh, big question mark here for the Bucs. Now, do they need him right now? That's a whole nother story. You got Justin Evans, who's under contract, who's obviously an excellent talent. I'd love to see him coached by some better coaches, which I think he'll get with Arians and Jordan Whitehead proved he can play. I mean, as a rookie without a great coaching staff and with a defense that was falling apart, he did a lot. He showed quite a lot as a rookie, as a fourth round pick and Whitehead's a little different animal, man. I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time talking with him. I talked to him. I didn't write anything up out of talking to him on the last day or it was after the last game, but he is just a guy who I think growing up, with Darrell Rivas as his cousin, as somebody he looked up to and spent a lot of time with and, you know, just not like a distant cousin, just as a uh, somebody who was just in his family mix. And Rivas still talks to him regularly, prepared him for what to expect this season. He, you know, Whitehead will tell you that, you know, while he doesn't talk to Rivas all the time, Rivas really helped him keep his head on straight as far as not being wide-eyed as a rookie. And... He's just a different kind of mentality. He's very comfortable. He's fearless. He just has the right attitude. I remember talking to him about, if you remember back in the last game, and most fans don't, Julio Jones took Whitehead's head off and got a flag for a a personal foul. I never found out whether he got a fine or not, and he should have been kicked out of the game. But Whitehead, he just loves the game and is one of these guys who is just very level-headed, and I think will just keep growing with good coaching. So how badly do the Bucks need Matthew? I don't know, but sure, they'd love, if they love to have him, they probably will take him and let, uh, let Whitehead, excuse me, let Justin Evans and Whitehead fight it out for playing time. But remember, the wacky Mike Smith defense, they were cross-training Justin Evans as a slot guy early in uh, training camp, and he played a little bit there, a touch there in preseason, and he's got the extreme athleticism to do that. Maybe maybe they see him that way. I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, Matthew did some of that 
it would be interesting to to uh, see the three of them together. Yeah, you know, that would be a hell of a talented backfield. I don't know. Maybe the Bucks do that in free agency, but that's going to be expensive. Matthew's still young. He's been around a while, but I think he's turns 27 next season. And uh, one guy, you know, we're all watching the playoffs now. The final four, I'll just put it out there. I think the Rams are going to win and will win in New Orleans. I think they'll win it on the backs of their defense, which hasn't necessarily been uh, what everybody thought it would be, even though Aaron Donald had his standout year and whatever. They got a lot of big names there. But I'm going to pick the Rams, and I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I just think Mahomes is is not going to be not going to crumble in the moment. And I really don't think the uh, the weather, the cold weather, is going to affect the passing game that much, unless the wind really kicks in. And I think the Chiefs are are for real enough playmakers on defense. Even though overall the defense isn't that great, you know the pass rush will will do enough, and that's what you need against Brady. You have to get through to beat him, and I think they'll get through enough time. So uh, Rams and Chiefs. Anyway, I bring up the playoffs because you're going to see Trent Brown, the left tackle for New England. He's six eight. He's like four hundred pounds. I think it's like three seventy or three eighty. But he was traded. A lot of people don't remember he was traded from the Forty ers to the Patriots. They swapped mid round picks, and he was traded uh, not uh, before the season. And here he is starting at left tackle. He's been great all year. He's been very strong in the playoffs, and he's going to be a free agent, a seventh round pick of San Francisco that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Bill Belichick uh, sort of did John Lynch a favor. Maybe Lynch fleeced him a little bit to get Jimmy Garoppolo. But here comes uh, Belichick back and grabs uh, a starting left tackle at 6'8", 380, who can protect Tom Brady. Uh, He's a guy, I bring him up because he, watch him, he's going to be on the free agent market, and he's likely going to be in higher demand than Donovan Smith. And the... Um, the Patriots typically don't pay big money for left tackles. It's just not what they really want to do. They remember they let Nate Solder go to the Giants, and he sort of proved a bust there. You know, may you always worry that maybe the Patriots system helps a guy out, but do I think the Patriots are going to pay Trent Brown seventeen million a year as a top value left tackle on the market? I don't think so. I don't think anybody think so necessarily so would the bucks be interested in him how what does arians think of him how are they scouting him ultimately and i know lee d camper at joe bucks fan agrees with me i think it's going to be easier for the bucks to franchise donovan smith put him in a prove it year the salary is more manageable because the salary cap for offensive linemen is um for the whole line and of course center's and guards make less than left tackles, so it's very manageable. And I think that's how the Bucks will go, whether we all like it or not. Uh, but, you know, I did ask Bruce Arians, and it, it was with Donovan Smith in mind. I asked him when he sat down with reporters after his news conference, what do you do with a player when you watch the film after the game and you see that he took a couple of plays off and didn't play to the whistle? And Arians talked about his accountability sheet and how that's a big part of their program and how, um, you know, players are uh, called out in front of the entire team. And Arians said, look, either you uh, was a great quote. I don't have it in front of me, but he said, hey, if you show up too much on the sheet, either you're too stupid to be here 
or you don't give a shit. So that'll be uh, you know fun to watch if Donovan Smith comes back for another season. What does he look like as a Buccaneer under uh, the Bruce Arians regime? I don't think Smith's the kind of guy who would not sign the franchise tag and cause a, a problem, but they'd have to assess that. I don't think that would be the case at all uh, whatsoever. But you just don't know. Arians said again, on the on his broadcast this week that the offensive line needs an upgrade he even mentioned the defensive line when talking to Adam Schefter that it might you know the trenches is really where this team uh, needs its biggest work so uh, the hires this week we had uh, hires and the Bucks have been kind of weird about making all these things official but there'll probably be one giant announcement from the team itself but we had the hires of Cody Grimm the hard-hitting uh, Bucks safety Coming back here, uh, remember he played under Shiano, and then he got in trouble with the law. I think it was public urination or something at a wedding in Virginia. Anyway, he ended up not coming back to football and coached at Virginia Tech where he went to school. And, uh, of course, Arians went to Virginia Tech. He's on the staff now. He's 31 years old, married, was coaching college football. Uh, he'll be a, a, a special teams and defensive backs assistant. What his exact title is, I don't know. Rick Stroud reported this from the Times. And you've also got uh, at uh, receivers coach Antoine Randall L., who played for Arians. And I think that's really cool. I think it's a good change of pace for this receiving core, veteran receiving core, to have an experienced former veteran NFL receiver in there to just provide different perspective. Todd Munkin did a great job. Antoine Randall L. did a great job. Lovey Smith, a receivers coach who was, I forgot his name, but he was there in 2014 with Mike Evans. He did not do a very good job, and that's why he was replaced uh, quickly. And remember, that was one of the few replacements made when Dirk Cutter uh, came on board from Lovey's staff. And it, uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it would just be good. Also, in the same way that just some new voices and new perspective from guys who played the game, I think that'll be good for Jameis as well with Byron Leftwich in there. And Bruce Arians talked about that, saying, hey, there's nothing Byron Leftwich can't answer about this system. He played in it, and he played in the game. It's going to be a great sounding board for Jameis. So anyway, I like those two tiny hires, uh, if you will. Will uh, Randall L. coach receivers only? I don't know. Is he an assistant receivers coach? I don't know. The Bucks will make that announcement. But part of those, uh, the multi multiple hires that are keep flowing through and him having Harold Goodwin on staff, who's just really like an assistant head coach overseer, Arians was very clear that in spring practices, he runs double practices. So all the young guys, all the 90 guys on the roster can get a lot of reps and I, I love. It was funny hearing Arians' math, because so, when he explains his two practice philosophy, which I've read about, listen to stuff out in Arizona and how he did it there. He, Arians likes to say, "Well, you know, a, a young guy on the roster, instead of getting four reps, now he gets forty. Well, if everybody moves their reps from four to forty, it, the math doesn't add up, Bruce. When everybody's getting ten times more reps, so." It was a little bit funny, but you get the idea that the young player gets, how can you evaluate the guy until he gets more looks? And one thing that I was told about these practices, I talked to somebody in Air, who had ties to Arizona, was kind enough to talk to me on the phone, these double OTA sessions on two different fields. 
or four different fields, however they decide to break it up. Extra fields. When you are in a set, when you're pra- when there's a lot of stuff going on, when there's like two defensive practices going on at once, right? You don't get to watch both of them. So there's more competition that's fostered because if, if I'm uh, Mike Evans on one field with Bobo Wilson and uh, two guys trying to make the team and Adam Humphreys, and then on the other field is three guys trying to make the team and the other receivers or pick linebackers as a position, however you want. As a player, you're not watching those guys practice. The guys you're competing with for a job, and it raises the competition level because nobody really knows, man, I better than that guy or not. I didn't get to watch all his reps. So I'm, maybe I'm not expressing it that well, but think about it. If I'm a linebacker and I'm not seeing the other linebackers all the time, I, it's hard for me to say, oh, I outshine this guy. It, you you get a little bit more focused on your job because you're competing with people you can't see and you know how valuable every rep is. And then you get into a meeting and you hear that, oh, this guy shined. And you're like, man, I didn't even see what he's doing. I better step it up. It's an interesting, a lot of layers to that. And there's another thing. We're sort of coming full circle. Jason Light got to witness all that in Arizona. And he comes to... Dirk Cutter and Lovey Smith, and they don't they don't do anything like that. And Jason Light, maybe he suggested it. Maybe he said, "Hey, you know, best practices that we can share from Arizona." Hey, Lovey, let's do this. Nope. Did that conversation happen? I don't know, but probably. Hey, Lovey, you know, uh, in Arizona, we we really enjoyed getting the officials out to practice and practicing against other teams. Nope, we don't practice against other teams. Lovey Smith would say, "We don't bring the referees out." Nope, don't do that. Uh, so anyway, just sort of uh, some illustrations. Now, back to free agency, running back. That is a big question mark, and it's such a glaring hole on this team. I like Peyton Barber, but you can't rely on him as your number one back. You can do better. You can do better, and I like him a lot, but you can do better, and there's nothing wrong with having two backs. No one, even Bruce Arians, even... His mighty staff is going to be able to evaluate Ronald Jones. Jones took a step back, in my opinion, and whatever your evaluation of him was in college, he didn't look good last year, period. So that has to factor in. So they got to get a back in here, and I'm just so curious to see if the Bucks pursue Adrian Peterson. One, Peterson loves Jameis Winston. I talked to him one-on-one about that. And he really likes Jameis, and they bonded when they trained together before the 2017 season. And Jameis said he'd love to play with him. Peterson was in Arizona with Arians. He played six games. He had three good games, three not-so-good games. And then he had a neck injury, and he was gone. Then Bruce Arians was gone after Arians was talking about how Peterson could come back the following year. And we know what Peterson did last year. He was excellent, and he'll be a free agent again. What's exciting about Peterson, if the Bucks draft a running back, let's just say they keep Ronald Jones, obviously. They keep Peyton Barber, because why would you possibly get rid of him? And let's say you sign Adrian Peterson for $5 million, $6 million. He's not going to make a lot of money. If you sign Adrian Peterson and draft a running back that you like in the later rounds, If that's how this goes down, then you've got a nice balance of salary at the running back position, and 
there's a lot of a lot of wiggle room there and a lot of depth, especially if you pick the right running back. So I, I think that could be very interesting. And Arians is all about win now. And Adrian Peterson, when I talked to him about what he learned with the Saints, he did talk about how he really liked that experience because he learned a little bit more about the passing game and how he could fit in and how he needs to be more versatile. And it was a great experience for him. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of layers there where it's just something to keep an eye out for. That's just all I'm saying. Something to watch out for in the way the Bucks pursue building this team. Remember, Arians came in with this grand plan, grandmaster plan, and everybody has embraced him. And no one, I promise you, no one at one Bucks is going to say, Bruce, you got to change the plan that you walked into the Glazers with and uh, Jason Light during that interview process. So I don't know, but it's fun. This is this is fun. This podcast is fun. I appreciate all of you who have uh, hung in here through. I haven't talked on the podcast about us breaking the story of Bruce Arians getting hired in Tampa. We put a date on it on the Friday before he was hired. We said that uh, Arians... Expect him to be announced no later than Tuesday. And that's what happened. And all I'll say is that it's great to have reliable sources. It's great to have reliable sources who will help you when you get information to verify it as a, as a backup, as a third source, as a check and balance. And I'll also say that with all the other passive-aggressive belly aching by other media because this story was out there and on social media, with all of that, I promise you this, the Buccaneers never called us here at JoeBucksFan.com, never texted me, nobody reached out. And remember, we're credentialed media. We hear from the Bucks all the time. Not all the time, but enough. If there's something they don't like or if there's something that they want help covering, we can't always do that, you know, a community event or whatever it might be, there's an open line of communication. And, of course, we see them all throughout the season. You know, these are people that we know. If, if this report that we put out there was bogus, think about it. We put it out on a Friday. The Bucks still had Chris Richard to interview and others. If it wasn't true, it would have seriously undermined those interviews because not because it appeared on JoeBucksFan.com, but because of who else might have picked it up, right? Uh, people who read ProFootballTalk.com and other websites know that Joe Bucks fan stories appear there all the time. So if that story happened to appear on Pro Football Talk, which is very much a, a Bible in the industry, a guy like Chris Richard reads that and is like, my interview's on Sunday, what the hell's going on? The Bucks would not have wanted that to happen. But you know what? Nobody called. Nobody texted and said, that story's BS. Take it down. Come on, guys. You're way off base. You're undercutting our interviews. I promise you it's false. Take it down. Never happened. Why? Because the story was on target. It was true. And um, we'll leave it at that. It'll make a nice chapter in the Joe Bucks fan book uh, one day which it'll probably never come out, but it would be one hell of a book. All right, thanks a lot. Listen to all the podcasts here at JoeBucksFan.com. Coming up this week, Bobby Fenton, presented by Bill Curry Ford. That's the free stretch. Great podcast. You, you can subscribe on all the platforms. We've got the lightning talk right here. 
Tom Lang has a hell of a following. It's the second year of the Joe Bolts Fan Podcast, now also presented by our friends at Bill Curry Ford. And, of course, Bucks Uncensored, the Ira Kaufman Podcast, a couple of heavyweight podcasts there. And Todd Wright is also, uh, <laughs> excuse me, now doing the Toddcast in the offseason, the Toddcast. And you'll probably see that uh, later today on Wednesday or on Thursday. Thanks for all the support on the website. And uh, appreciate it. We'll see you next time.